Download the 670-KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. There you go. The two people I predicted to uh, be up for the finals made it to the finals, and unfortunately, my Seattle Mariner, Julio Rodriguez, did not win. He (laughs) lost by one, even though he hit almost 30 more home runs than Juan Soto did. Julio. Julio Rodriguez hit 81 home runs. Wow. Juan Soto hit uh, 53. That's a lot of smacks. I think um, where uh, Julio lost it was... To get the 30 seconds extra time, you had to hit two home runs that were beyond 440 feet. He did not do that. So Soto got 30 seconds of extra time. Julio Rodriguez did not. Otherwise, I don't think it would have been close. I uh, fear that this will, in fact, be the highlight of the Washington uh, National (laughs) season. I was just going to (laughs) say. I think you're right. I think you're exactly right. (laughs) At least you have a legitimate all-star. One. Yeah. I, and maybe one of the, I, I would say one of the top five players in baseball right now. Oh, he'll definitely soon be one of the top five paid paid players, players in baseball. Maybe the number one paid player in baseball coming up very soon, um, because uh, you have to remember who his agent is is Scott Boris, Boris and yeah. Scott Boris is known for never even leaving a penny sitting on the table. No, when it he's going to get his all clients. the money he can. Yep. Basically, if you if you sign with Scott Boris, go ahead and put a down payment on your mansion now. Yeah, pretty much, I mean, it's, it's it's unfortunate for um, Julio. Uh, he makes seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars this year, league minimum. If he would have won last night, he would have uh, more than doubled his salary. The uh, winner got a million dollars. That's a pretty good minimum. Yeah, seven hundred fifty thousand. That's not too bad, is it? For your minimum, knowing that I mean, based on the competition they have to get to that. Uh, you know, that uh, lofty level, I-, I would say it's probably well worth it, but wow. How would you like the minimum wage? Minimum wage is 700 Yeah, and people complain that the minimum wage is seven twenty-five. Come on. I asked this question the other day. It was astounding to me. How many days does a Major League Baseball player actually have to be a Major League Baseball player before they get a pension? An <sighs> MLB six, pension. Six what's, years? what's the answer? 23 days. That's, That's it? it? That's it. They get so, a pension after 23 days in the big leagues? If you're in the big leagues for a month, not even a full month, you get an MLB pension. Wow. Just You just have to be rostered for 23 days or, or play in 23 you days? you got to be in the bigs for 23 days. Wow. Even if you never set foot on the field. Correct. I've been working for over 40 years. And this I isn't still about you, Mike. It's not about you. have not reached the point of getting my pension. I don't know how many years I have to be on the roster uh, to get my pension, but yeah. haven't haven't made it yet. If, if I asked you to describe your pension plan, could you? <laughs> Zero? Yeah. yeah makes of course. It, it's a big deal to get to the bigs. It's a big, bigger deal to stay in the bigs for more than a month, because if you do, you get an MLB pension. Of course, you're, the amount of money you receive from baseball is determined by how many years you put in. But if you get an MLB pension, health care for life. And I've always said that Major League Baseball has by far the best union of any sporting 
been around the longest of of anybody. I think any, any sport, yeah. any any sport. Period. It doesn't even come close because if if you play, I mean, you're guaranteed your contract. I mean, you have a couple of players. Strasburg may never play again, and he's making what twenty five million dollars a year. He has been perpetually guaranteed, no matter what happens. Yeah, perpetually he never sets uh, foot on the field again. Perpetually injured, but. When he's in there, he's fantastic, but then, you know, it's always just a short time every season. NFL doesn't have that. Nope. Basketball doesn't have NBA doesn't have that. NBA contracts are guaranteed, but it's a different kind of guaranteed. You don't see anybody in the NBA or major or uh, uh, the NFL collecting a $1 million paycheck um, every year, even though they haven't set foot on the field for, what, 20 years? Is that what Barry, or uh, not Barry Bonds, um... Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla gets a million dollar paycheck through I think twenty thirty, isn't that right? And he uh, has it's even longer than that. Is it longer than that? Yeah. Every July first he gets a one million dollar check. He hasn't been on the field for decades. A long time. Yeah. But that was all part of that uh contract Stupidity. that he worked out where they <laughs> deferred a bunch of his money that they owed him so that they wouldn't have to give him like fifty million dollars right then. Instead they gotta pay him. They paid him $20 million and then a million dollars a year for like the rest of his life. That's a pretty good pension right I mean, there, a million dollars every year. a great deal. And there's a handful of other players. He's he's the most famous because everybody's like, oh my God, he hasn't played for this many years and he still gets a million dollars. There's still a handful of players who receive similar paychecks, just not as long as Bobby Bonilla has yeah, been Well, the it. Mets still get a, a you know bad rap for that. The uh, only way that I see any of us, or maybe any one of you listening this morning, make the kind of money that baseball players are making, you remember uh, Juan Soto turned down $440 million earlier this over week. 15 years. Uh, Mega Millions jackpot tonight will be over <laughs> half a billion dollars. I'll probably buy a ticket. I think I'll uh, probably. This is what, the, so even though I would, have no uh, better chances uh, or odds to win. This would be while the iron is hot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Estimated jackpot for tonight's drawing is $530 million, making it the eighth largest in game history. Uh, and you have really good chance of winning the odds of winning the jackpot tonight. Roughly one in 300 million. That's not so bad. Yeah. So you're saying there's a chance. I'm saying there's a chance. <laughs> Put it in perspective. The odds of becoming an astronaut, one in 12 million. It's probably better than that right now with everybody, you know, making their own spaceships. Uh, being the U.S. president, one in 10 million. You know what's funny is I think right now I have a better chance of winning the lottery than becoming an astronaut or president. <laughs> you may be right. I agree. <laughs> um, your chance. Here, here, here's one that I, you, you have a better chance of uh, winning than winning an Olympic gold medal. You have a one in six hundred and sixty-two thousand chance of winning an Olympic gold medal. So you know you, you have a way better chance of winning Mega Millions. I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, there again, you. Bet. Me, me too. By the way, I'm not. I'm putting myself in that category. I, I can't think I don't of. No, I've seen some of those winter sports. I is, think I could do it. Is poker um, going to be an Olympic sport? I know they add new sport. If if poker, if I if it's a game where I can sit at a table and do nothing but drink beer and play poker, those things don't tend I to be Olympic sports. No. No. All right, it's lottery like, ticket it's like, it uh, is. Bowling. I went out for bowling in high school because, you know, you could uh, press a button and somebody brings you French fries. And I thought, you know, this is the kind of, of athleticism <laughs> that, that I was built for. <laughs> 
6.15, other sports action uh, going on. Of course, there is the All-Star Game tonight. This update on sports brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli, the place to go. As a matter of fact, you might want to stop there on your way home this afternoon, pick yourself up a big parcel of sandwiches, take them home, and watch the All-Star Game tonight. You can get into two locations, East Boise off Gallon or in Meridian off Wells Avenue. Just saying, do whatever you can do to keep it from having to heat up the house. Yeah. (laughs) The stove does not want to play bright. Uh, by the way, baseball, 6 o'clock tonight. It's on Fox if you're looking for the All-Star game. But let's talk about some college football here. Talks about a partnership between the Big 12 and the Pac-12, which had been discussed pretty extensively over the past couple of weeks, have officially ended. No, th- no thank you. Officials from the Big 12 told the Pac-12 officials yesterday that they are no longer interested in exploring the partnership. That's good news for Boise State. Uh, I don't think it it has anything to do with Boise State. Well, I'm saying that there's no way the Pac-12 can stay at where they're at and expect to compete. So if they're not going to combine, that that leaves the possibility of possibly openings for other teams in non-Power 5 conferences to join those two conferences. Do you really think Boise State would be considered for the Pac-12? I'm saying there's a chance. Not like the lottery. If they, Keep with the lottery I'm saying, tickets. I'm saying there's a chance if the Pac-12 and Big uh, Big 12 or Big 10, what was it? Big 12. Big 12 combined, then there's no chance. Okay, well, they have, they any they have decided whatsoever. that they're not talking about it anymore, so yeah. I guess if there was a chance, this is your best chance for it. But the Big 12 said the deal didn't work in the conference for a multitude of reasons, which included the fact that any potential deal wouldn't have driven much revenue for the league which is really what this is all about anyway. Mm -hmm. Revenue, which is why Boise State is never going to the Pac-12, because they can't generate any revenue for the Pac-12, Mike. I I understand that, but the Pac-12 can't exist with eight teams. So they've got to do something, or they will become non-existent. I think there's a better chance of that happening, actually. That the Pac-12 just, Just, the last eight teams go independent? Yeah. They do something else. I mean, Oregon is going to go somewhere. They're not going to stick with a weak conference. They're going to go make money someplace. And when Oregon falls, the rest of the dominoes will fall as well. That's my prediction anyway. KBOI News Time is 617. Day from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk. KBOI. Phone lines open as usual during our show so that you can take part anytime between 6 and 10. 208 336 3700. 1 800 529 5264. That's toll free if you have a Verizon wireless. Just hit pound 670. You can also email us, Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Uh, Texas, same as our main number. Dow futures continue to be up again. We're looking at a second, actually, this would be a third straight. Day in the green after a uh, horrible week last week. However, it ended up over 600 points on Friday. It was up yesterday. And uh, as of right now, with the opening uh, just under an hour away, looks like we're going to be opening Dow uh, up about 142 points That's as right. of right now. We'll find out what's wrong with Jeremiah Bates on the way <laughs> here in about, uh, half what an hour. They, what are they setting us up for, Jeremiah? <laughs> um, man, that was a. Nice little fire yesterday in Boise at the Idaho Youth Ranch, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, oh, that was a that, that was a rager. Um, sad, the sad news of this, of course, is that it is 
at the uh, Idaho Youth Ranch and uh, took place in one of the uh, warehouses. Uh, and uh, amongst the warehouse was many items that had already been sifted through, tagged, gotten ready for sale that mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately had burned up. So All donated stuff. Yep. Cost the uh, Idaho Youth Ranch uh, quite a bit of money yesterday. The good news is, of course, nobody was hurt. Uh, all the 50 people that were working at the time were evacuated. Um, it looks like none of the fire crew that were there is a three-alarm fire. So they um, called out m- way more fire departments than they normally would because of how hot it was yesterday. Um, yeah, there were a lot of uh, a lot of responders to that fire. Yeah, there was. And a very thick black smoke, too, that uh, is still hanging over Boise. I noticed when I came in this morning as I passed uh, on the freeway near that area, um, heavy, thick smoke, smoke still uh, hanging and could be because the fire is still burning. Well, yeah. They expected the fire to burn throughout the night, probably, possibly in through this morning. So if you're seeing that smoke, it is under control. Um, but they're keeping an eye on it, and it takes a while when you got a fire that size to that was uh, the, be able to completely put it out. Same thing I heard uh, last night around 10 o'clock. Somebody was saying that uh, tomorrow, or this morning, which is tomorrow morning, but uh, this morning uh, they'll probably still be putting out embers and things like that yeah. about this time of the day. The uh, blaze was contained to just one warehouse, which is also good news. Uh, it has nearly uh, collapsed as of now, but... Um, the items that were in that warehouse, of course, are a complete loss, and they'll be going through making sure that uh, other items that are around the fire, what ones they can save. Uh, the Youth Ranch said that they do not anticipate that the fire would affect Idaho Youth Ranch's social services or shelter network, but they were concerned about the financial impact uh, that the fire will have on the uh, nonprofit so organization. What, what will they be looking for now? More donations. More donations. So keep that in mind. If you have stuff to donate and you're looking for some place to donate, um, you might want to think about the Idaho Youth Ranch because they could uh, possibly use lots more. Also, it's uh, not a bad thing to have on your uh, state of Idaho tax return every year. Nope. You get uh, a lot more if you donate to the Idaho Youth Ranch than you would just donating to anybody. Mm-hmm. You get the Idaho deduction. It's 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Don't forget to tell Alexa, turn it up too. Alexa, turn up the volume. Yeah, that should help you. Tell Alexa to... uh, You don't have to. Set it, forget it, turn it up, and rip off the knob. 642, as we were going to break there, um, I had asked the question, um, what you thought Boise State sold in alcohol during last year, its first year of alcohol sales for athletic events. Any guess there, uh, Mr. Walton? Uh, Somewhere between $800 and a million. I have no idea to tell you the truth. Boise State brought in uh, almost $1 million. Really? Almost a million. In its first full year of alcohol sales at home athletic events, $967,982 in gross revenue on sales of beer, wine, and seltzers at Albertson Stadium and Extra Mile Arena, plus other venues that sold alcohol. That sounds like profit to me. Boise State will make between 26 and 43% in commission from alcohol sales at games, according to its contract with third-party vendor Aramark. 
Former Boise State Athletic Director Kurt Absey, you might remember, said he was not a fan of mixing alcohol and college athletics. That's why we never did it. But new athletic director Jeremiah Dickey didn't have those same reservations. He made it clear that uh, he was open to the idea as soon as he was hired in January of 2021. Sure he, enough. Uh, must have been hired with the word revenue somewhere in his mm. contract. <laughs> Dickey said selling alcohol remains a component of his push to sell out all six of the Broncos' home games on an annual basis. I, I'm just curious, because you can still drink. You just can't buy alcohol within the stadium. You're not allowed to bring your own alcohol into the stadium, but there are pe- still people tailgating. Does it make a difference to you, whether or not you go to a Boise State game now that you're allowed to buy alcohol. Was it before? It's like, well, I don't want to go to the game. I can't drink during the game. <laughs> I mean, seriously. No, I, that's not how I make decisions. Yeah. I, I, I don't know specifically if that's the reason that people weren't, they weren't able to sell out a lot of their home games. I could be wrong. Maybe if we go into this season and all six home games are mm-hmm. sellouts, which has never happened before, then, well, the closest then I'll we've say, ever, well, then I was wrong. The closest we've ever come is you know, one of the seasons when we were uh, undefeated and scoring like 56 points a game. Mm-hmm. People wanted to be there, and there was no alcohol, well, except at uh, tailgating. Trust me, I've been there to uh, games many times throughout the past decades. I have never not had alcohol in that building. Is that right? Mm-hmm. There are ways to get it in. I have not had alcohol there lots of times. <laughs> By the way, um, there is only one Mountain West program, I didn't know this, that does not sell alcohol at home athletic events. Utah State is the only Mountain West program that doesn't sell alcohol. Really? Yeah. Now, are they, are they under that rule where they would have to sell everybody in the stadium a membership? I don't, I don't know what the reason is other than the fact that, you know, Utah State in a very Mormon state and they're against drinking, period. This is true. Um, so, yeah, you, you may be 100% correct, but, I mean, the fact that, you know, in its first year in existence, you generated almost a million dollars in revenue just from selling booze. Um, Two words. It'll be interesting to see how much money they make this year. Cha and ching. Yeah. KBOI News Time 645. Let's get a check on what's going on with sports. By the way, a reminder for you, uh, Mountain West Media Day is going on this week. We're due to talk with Bob Beeler coming up Friday morning. The uh, Mountain West Media Days get underway full force on Thursday, Friday morning. We'll get an update uh, who the media is picking, who the, who the coaches are picking uh, to win the league this year, plus uh, an idea of uh, preseason players of the year. That'll be happening Friday morning at about 8.35 here on News Talk KBOI. Right now, time for a check on sports brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli, the place to go for lunch every day, Monday through Saturday. Both locations open up at 10.30 every day, Monday through Saturday. Good morning. Major League Baseball All-Star Game has got all their festivities going, and that means all the best in Major League Baseball in L.A., Dodger Stadium, where last night Juan Soto was the home run derby champion. The Houston Astros manager and American League All-Star manager Dusty Baker did speak to reporters during All-Star Game Media Day, and he was talking a little bit about the Seattle Mariners and, of course, their 14-game winning streak, saying he thinks... That squad, the Mariners, is going to be a challenge down the stretch. Well, you know, I thought the Mariners had a good team uh, from the very beginning. And I told everybody that then at the time. Uh, they finished extremely strong last year. And, uh, you know, you have to beat them. You know, they're not going to beat themselves. And, uh, you know, the thing about the Mariners is that they had probably the toughest travel in baseball uh, in the first month or so, going back and forth across the country four or five times. 
and uh, a lot of their games are at home where they're extremely tough. So, hey, uh, you know, they're going to be tough down the stretch. He's going to get a heavy dose of those Mariners. Uh, the Astros and the Mariners play right after the All-Star break. Got to work this in. St. Louis Cardinals legend Albert Pujols spoke to the media yesterday. This is his last All-Star game. It is my last one, for sure. But uh, really excited, you know, just to be back here at Dodger Stadium last year. Uh, you know, being here for four and a half months, I had a, a really great time with this organization last year. So uh, just being back here and just, uh, you know, getting another opportunity to be in the All-Star game, you know, just to celebrate with my family and friends. Uh, just going to be awesome. Once again, Major League Baseball All-Star game tonight, 6 p.m. on Fox. I'm Rick Worthington. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Coming up this morning, uh, another $50 gift certificate to Bonefish Grill up for grabs for our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, a local company with a global network for all your real estate needs. Call 208 888-4128, buy, sell, get advice, invest. Boise, Caldwell, Fruitland, Parma, and even Ontario, Oregon. Locations and offices here throughout the Treasure Valley that you can get to. Call today, 208-888-4128. Our question today, Mariners are uh, entering into the uh, World Series break on a 14-game win streak. Only three other teams in the history of Major League Baseball entered the All-Star break on a 10-game win streak before the All-Star game. All three won the pennant, and two of them went on to win the World Series. Hey, that's good news for the Mariners, right? Who are the three teams that went into the All-Star break on 10-game win streaks? There are only 10, and like I said, all three won the pennant. Two of the three went on to win the World Series. If you know the answer, stick around at 820 this morning. Give you a chance to answer and win that $50 gift certificate to Bonefish Grill in downtown Boise. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Representative Dorothy Moon will be the new chairwoman of the Idaho Republican Party, one of few women to ever lead the party in its history. Delegates selected Idaho's Representative Dorothy Moon and cheered loudly for her when she came on stage. As the Idaho Capital Sun reports, Moon narrowly lost her bid to be Idaho's next Secretary of State back in the May primary and did serve three terms as a member of the Idaho House of Representatives. She now unseats Chairman Tom Luna, who was elected to the Idaho GOP chairmanship in 2020, and she is now the third woman to serve in that position since the late 1800s. Moon is a legislator who earned high marks from conservative and libertarian groups for her hard-right voting record. However, not all Republicans in Idaho are happy with Representative Dorothy Moon's selection. Members of Take Back Idaho, a group of Republicans from across Idaho who are opposed to extremism within the GOP party, issued a statement saying the election represents a dangerous lurch to the fringes of the party. Take Back Idaho says through the statement that Dorothy Moon's election to the Idaho GOP leadership is disturbing, and the Idaho Republican Party has firmly lost all touch with the average Idahoan. So you have people complaining that Dorothy Moon is an extremist. And then you have uh, people like this. This, this It didn't take long. 
Um, I'm, I'm just going to read a social media post. I'm not going to say the name of this person. Um, for those who are cheering the Republican Party Rules Committee Act of Communism and their election of Dorothy Moon, be advised, I do not support the party pushing a rule that will prohibit legislators, members, etc. of the Republican Party from supporting the candidate of their choice if the candidate is not Republican. This is flat-out communistic mm. behavior, and anyone in the support of it is simply not a patriot. They are a rhino, and it's shameful. That didn't take long. Dorothy Moon has been called a rhino just a few days after being elected. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> in any way, if, shape, or form, when you I, cons- would you consider no. D- Dorothy? <laughs> I, th- I think <laughs> if you, I think that if you are uh, a Republican and there is another Republican, and that Republican doesn't have necessarily the same platform as you, then you would consider that person a rhino, Republican in name only. We talked about this but yesterday. He would probably consider you the same thing. I, I, I think you're exactly right. If you don't have the same beliefs as me, or you do something that I don't like, the worst thing I, I can do to you, and I'm not saying me, I'm, I'm, I'm using the I euphemistically, uh, is call you a rhino. Because apparently people think that that's a really bad term. So here in, in, in two, in two, two different things, you, ha- you have the news story there, Take Back Idaho is, <laughs> doesn't like her because she's too extreme, and another person posting uh, on social media doesn't like her because she's a rhino. Mm-hmm. Can you be both? Probably. It's, you know, a lot of things can happen at the same time, especially when they're based on just... Uh, uh, somebody else's view of you. Uh, it's interesting. You never hear anybody called a dino, a Democrat in name only. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, uh, the, I guess the Democrats just must figure if if you're a Democrat, we'll leave you alone and let you be a Democrat. Well, apparently, and, and Dorothy Moon was on uh, with Nate Shellman. You can listen to the whole podcast. He, he She was on for about an hour with him yesterday. we got some highlights we're going to play for you a little bit later this morning. Uh, but it sounds like she does have some work in her goals of uniting the party because if you have one group calling you uh, extreme and the other group calling you a rhino, <laughs> yeah. there, there's some uniting to do, apparently. Um, you'll hear from her coming up uh, one of these segments, what she plans on doing to unite the party. Um, if you want to hear the whole thing for yourself, you missed it yesterday, you can go <laughs> Go to the podcast, KBY.com. Click on the so, podcast link. So according to members of your party, Dorothy, you're too far right and too far left. <laughs> How does one achieve that? Yeah. You know what? It, for her first two days as the chairwoman of the GOP, um, she's done something I didn't think anybody could do. What's what's the saying? If everybody leaves not happy, then you, you've probably got a good agreement. Well, yeah, that's true. In a, in, in a good business decision, a good business agreement, everybody leaves uh, not getting exactly what they want. 7.15, time for another check on what's going on with sports this morning. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Check out their whole new menu. Only over 30 sandwiches to choose from. And remember, all those sandwiches can be turned into a wrap or a salad. FatGuysFreshDeli.com. Check it out today. Good morning. Some college football news for you as talks about a partnership between the Big 12 and the Pac-12 which had been discussed extensively over the past couple of weeks, that's all over. That's according to ESPN, who tells us that officials from the Big 12 told Pac-12 officials Monday they are no longer interested in exploring that partnership. The Big 12 source said that the deal didn't work for the conference for a multitude of reasons, which included the fact that any potential deal wouldn't have driven much revenue for the league and therefore just didn't work. 
There have been at least three Zoom calls, though, between top officials in the Big 12 and Pac-12 and other calls between other factions of those leagues, including legal, to discuss their options. The extent of those conversations had not been previously reported, and we don't know, but apparently they're not interested in that anymore. Meanwhile, some Boise State news as well. Boise State running back George Halani named as the Maxwell Award watch list the award presented annually to the best player in college football, named in honor of Robert Maxwell, the former standout athlete and uh, renowned sports writer and football official. Halani started seven of nine games for the Broncos in which he appeared during the 2021 season, leading the Broncos in rushing. Semifinalists for the Maxwell Award will be announced on November 1st. The three finalists unveiled on November 22nd. And by the way... The Broncos kick off the season. We're looking forward to that September 3rd when they go on to Oregon State. I'm Rick Worthington. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. Just ahead of the uh, opening of the stock market this morning, all three of the indexes are up. Um, they ended the day up yesterday. They ended the day up Friday. Um, what the hell is wrong? Something's happening here. Um, we'll keep you updated, uh, but that's not necessarily what we wanted to talk to you today about, Jeremiah. Um, inflation, um, of course, has reared its ugly head. We're above 9%, highest in, what, the last 40, 50 years um, and Social Security recipients getting hit by it. Um, but they may be getting hit twice by high inflation, correct? Well, it's, I mean, we're talking about the inflation and the category of people that feels that affect, affect the most. It's retirees on fixed income because you, I mean, if, if you're in your younger years, your working years, I mean, you can, I mean, you can kind of strategize a bit. I mean, with the tight labor market, you can maybe find a higher paying job, negotiate a higher salary. But if you are reliant on Social Security or maybe a fixed income pension, you're kind of stuck. I mean, you're really beholden to these high prices that we're seeing. Now, with Social Security, I I, I saw an interesting statistic that um, there was an estimate that the cost of living adjustment. So some pensions and Social Security have cost of living adjustments built in. Usually it's indexed to the rate of inflation. Uh, that estimate said that Social Security cost of living adjustment could be as high as 10.5%, which is good. I mean, from the outside looking in, I mean, that would raise the average retiree benefit by about $175 a month. But you also got to understand the taxation dynamics of Social Security and the rates at which, as, as which it's taxed. It's either 0%, 50%, or 85%. And it's really depend on your total income. So if you're talking about $175 per month potential increase, that could quickly, quickly mean that many more retirees will pay more taxes on a bigger share of their payments. And that's one thing that, I mean, it, it, in our firm that we have to be very careful with because we look at Roth conversions. We look at ways to be tax efficient. And if if you recognize more income in a year and you have Social Security, you could be highly caught off guard by the rate at which you could pay a higher tax bill just because you took more income. And not to mention that cost of living adjustment would also mean that uh, if you're relying on some type of income-based programs, if your income increases, you may no longer be eligible for that. So 
Um, it, it's interesting though because even though that we've we're seeing these cost of living adjustments in, if you go back to 2000, it, it's clear that Social Security is not keeping up with inflation. The, the recipients have lost 40 percent of their buying power since 2000, and if you if you wanted to keep up with the same level of purchasing purchasing power since the year 2000, that monthly benefit would have to increase by increase by 539 dollars. So. Even though from looking at a cost of a living adjustment, it seems good for these retirees and getting a little bit more income, but this could be a double whammy because number one, it's not keeping up with the rate of inflation. And number two, it could result in a higher tax bill. The uh, Department of Labor and the Department of Justice apparently are looking into working conditions at uh, Amazon warehouses. Uh, Could this affect the market? I mean, we'll see. I mean, it depends on how on how egregious and how of a, uh, an integrity hit that Amazon will hit uh, or will take in this. I mean, it, it, it. I don't think it'll move the stock uh, that much. I mean, it, again, it just depends on what the reports are. I think it's going to come mostly down to what are the earnings for Amazon? Are people still spending money at Amazon? Are they still growing at a rate? I think that's what will majority move move Amazon. And if Amazon moves, I mean, that'll likely move the market because it's such a behemoth and a right. large and, and such a high representation in, in the major U.S. indexes. All right, Jeremiah, looking like we're going to be starting the day up again today. We'll get another update here from you in about an hour from now. And uh, as the market closes, plus we'll uh, talk to you as we usually do Monday through Friday at this same time. Thanks, gents. For your Google Play, simply say, hey, Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. U.S. Commerce Secretary Gino Raimondo told Idaho reporters on Friday a major manufacturing expansion is slated for Boise, but only if Congress passes a package of incentives for the semiconductor industry this week. Raimondo confirmed Boise Dev's exclusive reporting that Idaho headquartered Micron is looking to build a fabrication plant in Boise, bringing thousands of jobs. This is a part of a nationwide push amid a semiconductor shortage to build domestic production and lessen the United States' reliance on Taiwan for the vast majority of its chip supply. The Idaho legislature passed and Governor Brad Little signed a piece of legislation that would provide significant tax breaks for Idaho semiconductor manufacturing expansion. The legislation is tied to the passage of the federal bill, which could give Micron tax breaks both at the state and federal levels. Oh, no. Thousands of new jobs? <laughs> that means more competition where? for housing here where, in the Treasure Valley. Where did we go wrong? Good thing or bad thing? You you heard, in addition, this is tied, if this passes Congress, um, there is a piece of legislation that would provide significant tax breaks for Idaho semiconductor manufacturing expansion. You might as well just call it what that is, for Micron to expand. Well, yeah. Micron being the leader in that industry in the state. Mm-hmm. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Um, this is nothing but good, in my personal opinion, and needs to be passed unless you enjoy paying $100,000 for a uh, pickup truck, $70,000 for a new car. Uh, if you need a key fob, you've lost your key fob for your current car. If you don't want to pay $1,000 for your key fob, Ooh, these are all run on chips, and there's been a huge backlog of chip orders and chip supply problems. So this is Congress helping U.S. companies 
try to expand and help them expand. And Micron, for one, says that they cannot expand unless they get help from the federal government, Mm -hmm. at least here domestically. They can expand and will expand because they have to, but it will come in countries that it's much cheaper to expand in if they cannot get the subsidies from the federal government. Your thoughts. Gordon, New Plymouth, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning to you. This item you just talked about explains this mysterious TV ad I've seen in recent days telling me that 75% of my fellow Americans don't want barriers thrown in front of the development of American knowledge of technology. And my fellow Americans don't want China to get the edge on us uh, regarding chip manufacture. Uh, but I, I, th- I think they already it. have the edge on us. <laughs> I'm afraid so. But uh, then I've discovered that Intel is lobbying against the passage of this bill, and other mysterious forces are against this. Because if you accept this subsidy, apparently, you may be re- you're going to be restricted on your expansion of your uh, program in China and outside of the world. If you accept these subsidies, you can't offshore your manufacturing. You know, so well, I think that would only be fair, right? If you accept subsidies from the U.S. government and then you get the subsidies and then you go and take your factory to Taiwan, for instance. That would be you need kind to pay, of BS. You, you need it? to pay back those subsidies. <laughs> exactly. I have no well, problem with that. Taiwan is, yeah, missing Taiwan is a good example because that's where a lot of ours come from. Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, so, yeah, I don't want the government telling me I can't set up a factory in China just because I accepted the subsidy, huh? Yeah. yeah I, I, if you accept U.S. money, then uh, I think you have to make an agreement. I don't have no problem with that saying you have to set up your factory in the U.S. You can't take U.S. money and then set up your factory in China. Well, if I want to be a real Republican, where do I stand on this? I need some, I need a leader. I need somebody to tell me <laughs> you don't want to lead. You want somebody else to tell you what to think. Thank you for the yeah. call. I appreciate I it, Gordon. <laughs> I think if you're a Republican in this case, you are probably against the government subsidies but you do like the fact that government is trying to promote American business over overseas mm-hmm. business. Yeah. Um, it's, a so conu- you're, it's a conundrum. So you can be happy and sad. Uh, let's get a final check on what's going on with sports this morning. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Two locations for you to uh, eat your lunch or dinner. They're open Monday through Saturday every day. Already there early in the morning making everything from scratch. Get in and find out why Fat Guys Fresh Deli has been rated the number one deli in the state of Idaho. Good morning. It was all about the long ball last night. He's on the 405 right now. He's still going. This one might hit the scoreboard in right center. Huge blast by Soto. Your derby champion as he chucks the bat high into the air. Juan Soto, the Washington Nationals, wins the 2022 T-Mobile Home Run Derby in L.A. He's pretty good, Juan Soto. And he was all that in a bag of chips last night. Speaking to the media afterwards, Juan Soto was asked what it means for the Dominican Republic that three of the four players to reach the semifinals were Dominican. In Dominican, uh, uh, I know all the people are really proud. Uh, they've been paying attention to all these, and they've been praying a lot for all these. Uh, since we all three were in, in, like in the finals, three Dominicans is just... He just showed you it was a win for the DR, so we feel pretty proud about it. 
And, of course, they had to ask him about all the trade rumors of maybe leaving the Nationals. A couple of weeks ago, they were saying they will never trade me. And now, they, all these things, he came out. Uh, it feels really uncomfortable. You don't know what to trust. But at the end of the day, uh, it's, it's out of my hands. Once again, Juan Soto of the Nationals, the home run champion from last night. By the way, the Major League Baseball All-Star Game is tonight at 6 p.m. on Fox. I'm Rick Worthington. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It was a 22-year-old armed civilian legally carrying a pistol who took on the 20-year-old active shooter, stopping his murder spree and killing him. Greenwood, Indiana Police Chief James Eisen says a civilian tactically got to the shooter and engaged him. To our knowledge, uh, he has no police training and no uh, military background. They say that civilian likely saved many lives. A suspect was armed with multiple guns and over 100 rounds of ammunition. Alex Stone, EBC News. I'd like to make an official apology. Uh, to whom? Everybody listening. Because yesterday, I didn't even realize I did this until I was listening to Nate Shellman yesterday. And I am guilty of not giving the name of the person who stopped the bad guy with a gun. Now, we go out of our way to not give publicity to people who shoot up places. Right. Because in a lot of instances, I think that's just what they're looking for. I wasn't trying to do that yesterday. I did notice on the story that I had pulled so that I could talk about it yesterday morning, his name was not mentioned anywhere. Nate Shellman uh, was watching. Yeah, he think, has three televisions here that I watches think, uh, just like we do. I think about 24 hours ago, uh, it looked like they hadn't released his name yet, had they? Yeah, they had. Oh, they had? Yeah. But media was not giving it. Nate was talking yesterday about he's sitting here watching all the television channels. They'd mentioned the name of the person who was trying to kill everybody, but not one of the television channels had mentioned mm-hmm. Elijah Dickens' name. Elijah Dickens is the 22-year-old who stopped possibly, more than likely, more people from being killed in that food court in the mall in Indiana. It said he was uh, he was legally carrying... Uh, his his gun, which he more or less was, except in that particular mall, you are not allowed to bring a gun in. On the other hand, there isn't anybody at that mall that is giving him a hard time about it right now. So another mall that was a gun-free zone. Yeah. Just like here in the Boise Town Square Mall, which was a gun-free zone. and Well, even in a gun-free zone, apparently, uh, when somebody came in and violated that, it only took one gun to stop them. But once again, Elijah Dickin. I didn't. I didn't ignore his name on purpose yesterday. Okay. I promise. I didn't even. I didn't even think about it when I was talking about it to give the name. And I don't know if it's because I'm so used to not mentioning the name of the person. You know, the bad person who. You know, in in all the cases that we've talked about this year, who uh, are end up involved in mass shootings. But not, that was not. That was not the case. And we should remember his name because there's no telling how many more people could have been killed because he had three guns and a large number of bullets, cartridges. Yeah, it would seem that clearly he wanted to to shoot the place up and and get a a good body count, but he was 
stopped in the act before he could get very far. And unfortunately, there was a body count. Yeah, way, way too far, but uh, it could have been much worse, I guess. I mean, this happened all... Uh, he was able to do this, from what I understand, within the first couple of minutes. Uh, I think it's within the first minute that this happened. Well, yeah, it, 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 even you know, even people who are first responders, it takes a minute or two to, to first respond. Mm-hmm. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. Uh, don't forget, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question on the way in 20 minutes. $50 Bonefish Grill gift certificate is up for grabs. If you can answer our question, if you haven't heard it yet, stick around. We'll give it to you next. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Currently 67 degrees in downtown Boise. What a nice respite from the heat yesterday, at least one day. Only got up to, I think, the official high was 91, but we'll be back up to close to 100 again today and for the rest of the week. Kind of amazing what's going on in Europe where it's uh, 102, which for them is is a record temperature, mm-hmm. and people don't have air conditioning, and people's bodies are... Uh, couldn't even imagine. ...getting pretty sick. On the way in 20 minutes, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, a local company with a global network. Easy to get a hold of them, too. 208-888-4128. gifts to get to Bonefish Grill on the way. Coming up for you in 20 minutes. Don't call now. 20 minutes from now, we'll tell you when to call. Um, our question today, Mariners are on a 14-game win streak heading into the All-Star break. There were three other teams that had won 10 games in a row going into the All-Star break. Which were those teams? The night at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Authorities say that the shooter entered the mall, went to the bathroom. According to authorities, it was about an hour and two minutes later that that shooter exits the bathroom, heads towards that food court, and opens fire. Authorities then say that just one minute later, the bystander who was there, legally armed with a handgun, returned fire to the gunman. Within one minute. And successfully so. And once again, no mention of his name. Elijah Dickin. It's his name, a name we shouldn't forget, a name we should be... Unless he didn't want people to know what his name was. Talking about? No uh, no report that nobody, you know, he didn't want anybody to know his name. It's just weird that it's been left out by the media. I'm sure that in some instances, people that commit crimes don't want their name out, but it's the media still releases it. It's just interesting. No, Nobody's talking about it. And like I said, even I did it yesterday. I didn't do it on purpose. Well, I didn't mention but his name I, I yesterday because name. I had not read his name at any point yet. And I and I had, and I just, I, I, I left it out, and I didn't even notice that I did it until listening with Nate Shulman yesterday, talking about how no media is, is reporting the guy's name who, who did this. And I'm like, oh my God, I did the same thing. So, I mean, you, you've been going out of your way not to mention the names of mass shooters, mm-hmm. so as not to glorify them, maybe just your habit of not mentioning anybody who shoots somebody else kicked in yesterday yeah it very well could be i just but it's I didn't a, i didn't but it's do a totally it different different situation when it's in defense and it's in defense of everybody in that case 
208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. The phone lines are open. Easiest way to get through. You can also call us toll-free, 1-800-529-5264. Other ways to get through, email mike at kbui.com, chris at kbui.com. Send us an instant message or a fan page on Facebook, or you can text us. Same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Bob and Nampa, thanks for uh, holding on, being patient with us this morning. You're on News Talk KBUI. Good morning to you. Morning, sir. Yeah, uh, a little bit ago, one of you mentioned that uh, when you hadn't given the guy's name, it, it protected the other people. And I don't know if that was intentional. I probably wasn't. But I've noticed something here, oh, I don't know, over the last few months, how selective reporting has gotten. Uh, if, let's just say, somebody commits a crime and uh, the description is given of such and such that the police are looking for, but quite often the race is left out. Now, isn't, wouldn't that be a fairly important bit of information if you want, want somebody to to call in if if they see this person? But it's it's generally a, a male, twenties, six foot tall. You know, if he's Swedish or black or Chinese or whatever, wouldn't that be something that should be put out there? I would I would think if you're looking for someone, if there's an active search going on, that. Yes, that that I, would process, well, I don't actually part of the description. I don't actually recall the last time that we reported on the police looking for anybody. Okay, let's say not looking for, but just you know, describing the person that committed the crime, whatever it may be. It it happens enough that I've I've noticed it over the last few months or whatever. That it's just it's odd to me that that is not given. Well, can I can I ask um, if it get if it's to the point where we're reporting that the crime is done, the person is caught, has been arrested? Does it really make a difference what race they were? Yeah, I think it does. You know, again, it's just a why. It, I think in the overall the overall scheme of things now, uh, we are so race sensitive that we don't give pertinent information. Yeah, I think it does. And in some cases, certain ethnic groups seem to be involved in crimes well out, all out of proportion to their part of the population. So, oh, yeah. yeah I, well, I think in a way it is. Like white people. Yeah. Good God. So, anyway, you guys, I'm not trying to make a racial thing out of it. Unfortunately, it seems like everything is race anymore. And uh, But it's just something that's caught my attention, and I'm curious why. All right. Thank you for the call, Bob. Appreciate it. Uh, Sean Meridian, good morning. You're on Newstock KBOI. Good morning. I wanted to just point out that um, the uh, the environment is changing for some of these bad guys' uh, calculus when they're thinking of going and doing something like this. We've got um, gobbledygook statements by our vice president talking about the right to go out and be free of gun violence, like it's some natural right, um, but without some sort of self-defense, like she's She's escorted by armed security to keep her safe from gun violence. But um, these uh, these people go and do these shootings, and if there are people there that are carrying, it gets dealt with in a minute, Sh- sharpish. And so maybe if that was more common, then the right to bear arms wouldn't require yeah. people to shoot someone. It's actually very, very rare that we get to report on something like that. It happens a lot more than it gets reported. Um, a lot of times these crimes are just plain thwarted or ended, nullified, because the presence of a, a gun in the hands of the intended victim um, 
just makes the bad guys run off. Now, and it, and how do you? Okay, everybody goes home. How do you know it, it happens more than it gets reported? Because it's it's actually been uh, part of several different exposés about how like if uh, if a girl is walking on a campus and and she is armed and and somebody is attacking her and she brandishes. A lot of times she doesn't have to shoot the guy. She goes home. Sometimes they'll call it in. There's a bad guy out there trying to get people. Sometimes they're just lucky to go home and they don't they don't report it to anybody um, because it didn't happen. A crime mm-hmm. was stopped, so they don't report it. Um, that's that's been expressed by people who who say they can track deaths and they can track other in you know accidents and things like that with guns, but. A lot of times when there's an, a potential attack, but it gets neutralized when the offender or potential offender gets made aware there's a gun environment now, they leave. And so it's just like, yeah. it's almost <laughs> like it's imbued with the magic power of make them go away, you know. All right. Thank you for the call, Sean. Appreciate it. Okay. Which, might, which might go, and we've talked about this before, you know, for most parts in Idaho, except for... <laughs> shooting in the Boise Town Square Mall, which was a gun-free zone. Um, if you go, you know, in places here in Idaho, good chance you're going to be running into somebody who is mm-hmm. carrying at that time. And, you, I mean, most people don't realize just how many people conceal carry in this state. You, I mean, you would, you would never know unless, you know, they're, they're happy to, um, to show it. About 20 years ago, I had a conversation with somebody who had called up on the phone and wanted to know why we hadn't reported that something had happened a week ago. And I said, uh, I hadn't heard anything about it. And he says, no, you guys are just not reporting it. And I said, what was it? And it was, as it turned out, I don't recall, but it was a crime that had occurred between two people in somebody's basement. And no one had called the police. They found out about it a week later. But this guy wanted to know why we hadn't talked about it when it right after it happened. And I said, you know, we're not like omnipotent. We don't just know everything. People have to let us know that something is going on. And if the police don't get called, chances are we don't go to somebody's house and say, did anyone get shot here today? <laughs> but I, I could not get the guy to understand it. He kept going, I don't understand. You know, like, he just figured if something happens that uh, somewhere, know it. somewhere in the sky there's a big machine that generates all the facts and we can decide what to report and you, what not to report. You should have taken that as a compliment, Chris. Uh, he thought you, you were omnipotent. That, that, by the way, is our $10 word of the day here on Newstalk KPOI. Use it as many times as you can in I a did. sentence throughout the day. I did think up some adjectives for the guy, but, <laughs> but complimentary wasn't one of them at the time. Um, Robin writes in, uh, Hi, Chris, I agree with you that maybe the guy who saved many didn't want his name known given the reaction of some that don't want to recognize his heroic action because it was legally carrying a gun and knows how to use it i read so many digs at him by activists that can't give this guy credit for saving lives all because he was carrying it's sick yeah i I saw the same thing too and i'm just absolutely shocked by it um you know i i saw some social media posts yesterday just incredulous that people were calling him a hero and good Samaritan. He is a hero. He completely is. He stopped stopped a killer who was in the process of killing. And their comment was, how can you call this hot guy a hero or a good Samaritan? He took a human life. Yes, Uh, and he probably saved a lot more human lives. That's how you call him a hero. He didn't have to. I, I, I don't know how many people could have. 
No. You know, taking out a gun. A lot of people would have been so nervous they wouldn't have been able to shoot straight. Oh, my gosh. Uh, If I shoot at him, he's going to shoot back at me. Yeah. I don't don't want to risk my life. The guy did exactly what is always described by people who say this is the reason that, you know, we need to carry. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. We'll take a break. Uh, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question on the way next. We've got a $50 gift certificate to Bonefish Grill. If you can answer that question coming up after traffic and weather. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Mm, maybe we have uh, kind of a tough question this morning. Only two people uh, have called in at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Let's see if one of those two are going to get it. We've got a $50 Bonefish Grill gift certificate up for grabs. Mike is going to have a uh, first chance at getting it. Mike, um, the Seattle Mariners are 14 games win streak going into the All-Star break. They've won 14 games. They'll be going for 15 when they start playing again on Friday. Only three other teams in the history of Major League Baseball um, have had 10-game win streaks or longer going into the All-Star break. Those three teams, all of them won the pennant. Two of them won the World Series. What are the what are the three other teams? Uh, I'm thinking Detroit Tigers, Chicago Cubs, and Cincinnati Reds. And which two won the World Series? Uh, I think it was the Cubs and the Reds. No, it was the it was the Tigers and the and yep. the Reds. But that was a good guess. Uh, uh, 1935. Detroit yep. Tigers, the 1945 Chicago Cubs, and the 1975 Cincinnati Reds. When uh, when the Cubs won the World Series here just a few years ago, that was the first time they'd won it in more than 100 years. Congratulations. You got a $50 gift certificate to Bonefish Grill. Hang on the line. We've got Bonefish Grill gift certificates to give away all this week here on News Talk KBI for our Casper and Chris Damn Near Impossible question. Um, if the uh, Seattle Mariners, who are currently nine games out of first place, Houston Astros, are ahead, if they can continue their win streak for 10 more games, 10 more games, they will be only two games out of first place, at, at worst. And it'll, it'll help if they're actually playing Houston during they some are. of those. They are. Yeah. Seven of the 10 games that they play coming out of the All-Star break are against Houston. So if they can win all seven games, it'll only be two games out of first place. I know that's a lot to hope for, but hey, that's the, all I have because they haven't, ever gone to the World Series, so all I have is hope. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. We'll take a break here for you. Uh, Coming up, get back to your phone calls and uh, emails this morning. Uh, Here's an email. Just putting uh, your word to use. Only my God is omnipotent. Oh. Oh, that's not true. My God's omnipotent. Well, and that that was part of my... That was part of my... uh, My point to that guy years ago is that... uh, Okay, if, if you want me to report everything in the world that happens right after it happens, then I think you're actually thinking of God and not us. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Mike Casper for A1 Garage Door Service. On average, a garage door represents 40% of your home's curb appeal. Did you know that? This is why at A1, they say the garage is the smile of your home. 
And when your door looks beautiful and functions perfectly, your home smiles bright. Whether your door needs to be repaired or replaced, the team of experts at A1 Garage Door Service have the knowledge and skills to help you out. Plus, A1 Garage Door Service is a family-owned business with local team members serving local clients. They live and work right here in the neighborhoods that they serve, take a great deal of pride in providing friends, family, and neighbors with the highest level of attention and detail when it comes to your garage door and so many different lines of services that they can offer. And they offer 24-hour, 7-day-a-week emergency service and repair. So if you can't get in and out of your garage, maybe your car is locked into your garage because something's not working, all you have to do is call A1 Garage Door Service and they can take care of it for you. Call today, 208-244-7058, or you can check them out online at a1garage.com. That's a1garage.com. A1 from day one. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Representative Dorothy Moon will be the new chairwoman of the Idaho Republican Party, one of few women to ever lead the party in its history. Delegates selected Idaho's Representative Dorothy Moon and cheered loudly for her when she came on stage. As the Idaho Capital Sun reports, Moon narrowly lost her bid to be Idaho's next Secretary of State back in the May primary and did serve three terms as a member of the Idaho House of Representatives. She now unseats Chairman Tom Luna, who was elected to the Idaho GOP chairmanship in 2020, and she is now the third woman to serve in that position since the late 1800s. Moon is a legislator who earned high marks from conservative and libertarian groups for her hard-right voting record. Dorothy Moon was uh, with Nate Shellman yesterday on uh, his show. Um, you can listen to the whole podcast, uh, but I wanted to uh, give... Her thoughts on her goals and plans to unite and grow the Republican Party here in the uh, state of Idaho. For instance, um, she said she will no longer use the term, the R word. And and I'm thinking, well, you are, it's already bad. You're not supposed to use the R word. And and then found out that it's not the R word I was thinking of. Um, The R word is rhino. She said she'll no longer uh, use the term rhino any longer in, Uh. in any of the time she talks I'll, I'll tell you how bright i am i don't even know what word you're alluding to <laughs> that's why i said when i first heard it i'm like okay i'm like are we already not supposed to use that word it's it's unacceptable um and then the uh, r word of course turned out to be uh rhino once again if you want to hear the whole interview it is on the podcast of nate shellman uh podcast kby.com you can also click through uh directly from our fan page on facebook but did want to give uh this highlight of one of the things she said as she was on the show about uniting and growing the republican party gotta take the high road we have got to get along uh we've got to come uh and reach common ground that you know the fact that you know you've got to grow the party we want to grow the party. We don't want as many unaffiliated when we go into a primary. We want folks to be registered as Republican. And, you know, to grow the party, you have to accept, you know, a lot of folks. And, um, you know, label lynching, um, I'm not going to use it. It's not going to be allowed. Um, because my job, the minute I took that gavel, was to unite this party. And I take that charge very seriously. And it starts at the top. And so that's, uh, that's where I'm at. We have got to work as a team. We need to get conservatives who follow the platform 
and start represent the Republicans, the hardworking men and women of this state. You use words, conservatives. Uh, you don't want to label inch, and I and, and I know that there's one label out there that you don't want. You don't want to repeat, but there's there's been others, you know. And and and, mm-hmm, and every sure. every county has their has their challenges, you know. Whether it's Ada County, where you have out of state East Coast people who pretend to be or claim to be. Uh, conservative, try to tr- try to run things, or the term establishment, or the term extreme, or the term far right, wh- whatever. How do you how do you bridge all those gaps? Because is if there's two people in a room, they're going to disagree on something. How, how do you bridge it? Well, you know, I, I I think when I was out statewide campaigning, and you know, a lot of these folks that we're talking about, these refugees from our western states, uh, they um, they were conservative. There, there wasn't a question that they were coming from states that had gone uh, completely south uh, as far as the liberalism that had crept in. They didn't want to educate their kids there. They didn't want to uh, live under the regulations that were being hoisted upon them day after day after day. And so they came here, and I think they just really believed that this state was more conservative and had a lot more freedom. And they, I'm sure they looked at the Republican platform uh, I mean, less government, fiscal accountability, personal responsibility, all these things that they now want to live with folks that represent those kind of values. Um, so, you know, I don't know if the old guard is not wanting to work with these uh, new uh, Republicans that have moved into the state, but they bring value. We need them. We need them when the Democrats try to take of our take of our state, just like they did Colorado. So, how do we bridge it? Well, we need to find common ground. The common ground right now is our platform. The platform defines who we are and what we're supposed to work toward. Uh, I am. I was always proud to work uh, uh, on legislation that would, you know, follow the platform, and many other legislators have. On occasion, a lot of them deviate from it. Uh, so we need a people to work uh, for the Republican brand, follow the platform, and represent the people who believe they have Republican representative in the, re- representation in this state. Once again, that is Dorothy Moon, newly elect- elected uh, GOP chairwoman. And I just wanted to play that because she's got a lot of work to do. If she wants to unite and grow the GOP party, especially the Unite part, because in the day, we're in two days since she's been elected, you have heard her be referred to as far right. You've heard people refer to her as extreme. And then um, on on social media, um, she's been called a rhino. Yeah. For those of you who are cheering on the Republican Party Rules Committee Act of Communism, be advised, I do not support the party pushing a rule that will prohibit legislators and members, etc., of the Republican Party from supporting the candidate of their choice if the candidate is not Republican. This is flat-out communistic behavior, and anyone in support of it is simply not a patriot. They are rhinos, and this is shameful. So, all of a sudden, you have Dorothy Moon, the new chairwoman of the Republican Party, being called a rhino mm-hmm. and the far-right extreme. First time I ever heard of the term label lynching was about four years ago. Uh, and a guy called up and said somebody was label lynching. And I said, well, what is that? And he said, well, you know, like uh, they, they label lynch uh, such and such uh, candidate by calling her uh, a right-wing extremist. 
And I said, well, who is it that calls her that? And he says, left-wing extremists. <laughs> um, email in, uh, James says... I, 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 I pointed out to him that that was a bit ironic, but he didn't seem to get why. Yesterday, James says, uh, yesterday on Nate's show, Dorothy Moon came across as the great uniter of the Idaho Republican Party, which in reality is deeply split between moderates and extremists. In Moonville, there are no rhinos, rhinos now. I don't think she, she, didn't, she just, just said she's not going to use the term rhinos. Um, no Republicans are now just a friendly group of conservatives who should be armed due to the threatening Idaho Democratic Party. Ha, ha, ha. The Idaho Democratic Party is a threat only in la-la land. She expects us to forget her close ties to the John Birch Society, which was famously kicked out of the conservative movement in the 1950s. She also believes the big lie, the 2020 election, was won by Trump. She believes that Idaho election process needs uh, has major flaws. Is that based on an overwhelming Trump-Idaho win with possibly two illegal votes? Moon built her entire campaign for Secretary of State on a Bircher-style conspiracy theory and Donald Trump's big lie. Her role as a great uniter is a great laugher. She's in la-la land. Hmm. Now, it's only been two days. Can you give her more than two days? That may be her goal is to unite the Republican Party. Didn't say that she is united or has been in the past, but that's her goal. 208 336 pounds 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Take your phone calls and emails. More on the way. You can uh, get through Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 854-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Mike in Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. Uh, I hate to even call in about shootings. It's an every week occurrence in this country. But... The word hero is so overused in this country for everything. But in this case, the mall shooting where that 22-year-old individual stepped up, jumped in, how many lives did did he save? It's unbelievable. Uh, And you've already got the anti-gunners saying this was terrible. He took Mm -hmm. a life. Um, I mean, they're off the deep end. By by the the way, Mike, Mike, what's his name? Yes. What is his name? I don't don't know. Elijah Dickin. Remember Elijah. remember that remember name. His name. Yes. Yes. Say his yep. name. We, I mean, we go out of our way not to say mass shooter's name, but in this particular instance, um, we need to say his name because I, I agree with you. I think he is a, a hero. Yep. The the other thing is, and 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 I just have the feeling they will. I noticed he has a spokesman for an, an attorney already. Uh, so he's the good guy. So he's have to, has to get an attorney already. Uh, and the attorney spoke for him. Uh, and I hope the law enforcement agency, and I have a feeling they will just cause the, the demeanor of that chief, uh, that they step in and they treat him like any other law enforcement officer that gets involved in a shooting. And that is, uh, more debriefing, counseling, follow up. How's this? How's that? Because when a law enforcement officer takes a life, even though if that guy is the biggest dirtbag in the world, um, there's still a thought process there. And I hope law enforcement in that city jumps in or the mall jumps in and helps pay for that. Um, Because it wouldn't surprise me before this is over, somebody jumps in and sues him. Oh, yeah. 
I, for what he and did. Th- he's smart to get a lawyer because we've talked about this in the past. That anytime you shoot someone, it, you're you're a good guy who shoots a bad guy. Um, it's probably going to cost you somewhere in the neighborhood of fifteen to thirty thousand dollars in court costs by the time you're all said and done, even if you are found to have done everything perfectly correctly where it was a legal shoot, it's still going to cost you that much money. And, and there are there are companies that even offer um, insurance against it. Um, they will they will pay your court costs if that indeed does happen. But, yeah, I, I, it's smart of him to get because I think you're right to get a lawyer because I think um, somebody's probably going to, look, you, you shot my son. Yes. Yeah. And I and I think, again, I think the mall should step up to the plate. Uh, I think law enforcement, uh, the chief's comments on how it was done, I thought was uh, was outstanding. Uh, the whole thing is a tragedy. Yeah. Uh, but but I noticed ABC showed the shooter's picture last night. Front row. <laughs> hey, this was the guy you you can be just like him. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just, because we'll be talking about this next week from a different one and a next one, and it just doesn't stop because we've turned them into legends. Yeah, in Mike, way. we're up on time here um, uh, for a hard break. Care. Appreciate the uh, the uh, call here this morning. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. We've got to take a break here. News coming up at the top of the hour. You can also get through if you'd like. Email Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. U.S. Commerce Secretary Gino Raimondo told Idaho reporters on Friday a major manufacturing expansion is slated for Boise, but only if Congress passes a package of incentives for the semiconductor industry this week. Raimondo confirmed Boise Dev's exclusive reporting that Idaho headquartered Micron is looking to build a fabrication plant in Boise, bringing thousands of jobs. This is a part of a nationwide push amid a semiconductor shortage to build domestic production and lessen the United States' reliance on Taiwan for the vast majority of its chip supply. The Idaho legislature passed and Governor Brad Little signed a piece of legislation that would provide significant tax breaks for Idaho semiconductor manufacturing expansion. The legislation is tied to the passage of the federal bill, which could give Micron tax breaks both at the state and federal levels. If you've tried to buy a car or even a new electronic in the pandemic, you know firsthand how the chip shortage has impacted production. Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo pushing for Congress to approve subsidies for producing those semiconductor chips here in the U.S. The president knows the stakes, which is why he's engaged, which is why his whole cabinet is engaged. Um, and the message is time's up. Time's up. They have a couple of weeks. Let's get this passed. Raimondo urging lawmakers to pass the measure before the next congressional recess August 4th. I'm not necessarily a huge proponent of government subsidies, but in some instances, they are needed. Farmers, if you want to continue to feed uh, Americans, you sometimes need to get subsidies out so that they mm-hmm. can continue to make back a when, profit or break even at least. Back when those first became big news, I remember that people would go on TV and complain that there were farmers that they knew who were being paid to grow nothing. 
but I don't think that's exactly what it was designed around. Yeah, that's not exactly what it was designed for. Um, in this particular instance, I, I guess my question, do you think this is a good idea? And by the way, I 100% think that this is going through this week. You know why I think that? Why? Nancy Pelosi's husband made a $1 million investment into a chip firm last week. Well, there you go. Now it's a sure thing. Uh, that's what I thought. I go, wait a minute. Why are they talking as if this isn't going to pass? <laughs> if Nancy Pelosi's husband has now invested a million dollars into a chip firm, that, um, uh, she, he, he probably knows this is going to pass. That pretty much is the barometer, I think, on anything uh, passed by Congress. I uh, know. We, you wait and see if Nancy Pelosi's husband invests in it, and then you go, okay, okay. I know what they're going to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, if, if you look the price of vehicles right now, and, and vehicles take a mass amount of chips anymore yeah. to... Uh, be purchased and if you've tried to buy a vehicle in the last couple of years since covid because of the supply chain issues it wasn't necessarily because of the supply chain issues with the vehicle it was the supply chain issues getting chips there just wasn't enough chips to Mm -hmm. go around to make the vehicles which either caused you to not be able to find a vehicle or if you were able to find it you're in a bidding war with 10 other people who wanted that same exact vehicle all of a sudden for a $50,000 brand new pickup truck, you're paying $90,000. Mm-hmm. I told you I saw the uh, advertisement for a Jeep Wagoneer. $110,000 for a Jeep. Not a house. A Jeep that you drive around. Not even a Range Rover. Not even a Range Rover. It was and a not Jeep a, Wagoneer. Not a Hummer. It's an actual Jeep. If you have tried to get key fobs for your car over the last couple of years. You've probably found it impossible because you need the computer chips and the key fob. And if you were able to find it, you probably paid five, six times more mm. than what you have normally would have paid for it. It used to be, I, the last time I bought a key fob is probably $100. I have a buddy who uh, lost his key fob and uh, ended up paying over $1,000 bet uh, for a key fob to I, just get in and out of your car. I'd go, at that point, I would just use a key. I, I bet he felt completely fobbed. So I want to take your thoughts today. Um, this we, we talked about this a little bit earlier this morning, and uh, a great point was brought up, you know, that they hoped that these companies, and, and Micron, we're interested in this locally because Micron has said that they want to expand. They want to expand here in Idaho. That is their plans, but they cannot do it if they don't get this two ways, subsidy. Two ways to look at it. One is a, a company telling the government, we'd love to expand and have a larger business, but we need your help to do it or we're not going to. And the second is that to a certain extent, the government does have a responsibility uh, around the world to promote American products and ingenuity, mm-hmm. things like that, American trade. Uh, I don't... I don't know that they need to necessarily save a uh, an industry, but uh, it, it's 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 whenever they say that uh, you know, our job is to, like like for instance, if you're in the military, your job is to protect Americans and their interests overseas, and that means money generally, mm-hmm. not always, but but in, quite so, often that's what it. But means. yeah, even if it's not money, oil, but still that's money, right? Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't mean just individual people; it means the country as a whole will do better if you if we protect their interests or at least look out for them. Now, don't get me wrong. Micron will still expand. But without this, they've said that we will expand outside the United States because 
it is so much cheaper to expand into other countries than it is to do it here in the United States. But if they get the subsidies, then in addition to the subsidies, the Idaho legislature has already passed a piece of legislation that would provide tax breaks for Idaho semiconductor manufacturing expansion. In other words, Micron. They didn't didn't, Mm -hmm. didn't say Micron, but that's basically who this would be going to. So it would be Micron and the other area chip manufacturers. <laughs> Which are who? Um, uh, Bruce wrote in. He says, you were making the point about the fellow's complaint on your reporting and said, omnipotent, all-powerful. Shouldn't you have said, omniscient, all-knowing? Just saying. Uh, yeah, that is absolutely right. Omnipotent means all-powerful. And yes, as, as you said, omniscient means all-knowing. Now, I was using omnipotent to say that I'm not all-powerful, like God, meaning I can't automatically report on a story if I haven't either witnessed it or been alerted to it. But yes, omniscient <laughs> would definitely have covered it, and probably more accurately. So yes, I thank you for that, Bruce. Uh, another email on the same thing. Um, this from somebody I was giving a hard time a little bit earlier because we were talking about omnipotent, omnipotent and she had said, or he or she said, my... God is omnipotent, and it's yeah. like, what do you mean? My God well, is omnipotent too. It's, it's not just your God. True, but it's it's a word that's generally used to uh, to describe God and nobody else because they figure nobody else is actually all powerful. Mm-hmm. And that she wrote back and said, "Oh my goodness, and apologies. I didn't mean to imply he's only my God. I meant he's the only one who is omnipotent, and I am his, and he's available to all others. Have a godly day. We got yeah, you. Yes, I knew that. I was being sarcastic and just giving you a hard time. So, yes, d- don't take it personally. Don't. I, I was just having some fun at your expense. Well, let's see. Kent says these gun control advocates who are detesting the use of the term Good Samaritan would be singing a different tune if they or loved ones were in harm's way during the mall shooting. It is so easy to cast aspersions when you aren't intimately involved. There are walking dead who may be gun control supporters who are thanking their lucky stars this good Samaritan was at the right place at the right time. Frankly, I can't think of a better way to honor this hero than calling him a hero. Yeah, I agree with that. And what's his name? Elijah. Elijah Dickett. Dickon, yeah. Yes. And he was the hero guy. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, the the mall manager had even said that, okay, you're not supposed to have a gun in this mall. It, it's clearly posted that you're not supposed to carry one, even with a permit. However, I think they have decided that nobody is going to so much as, as write this guy a ticket. You know, he's he, he's proven that he had it for a good reason, and if he hadn't had it, things would have gone, uh, you know, terribly, uh, much tra- much more tragically. Mm-hmm. John and McCall writes a uh, text message in why the media might not be talking about the name of the man who stopped the mall shooting in Indiana after Kyle Rittenhouse. I'm thinking the media is being very careful, careful on what they say about Elijah Dickin. Mm. I see those as completely different yeah, situations. Um, if the guy who shot the jerk is another text message uh, who is shooting and killing people in the mall needs help paying his attorney bill. Let's all step up and give one dollar. That would help greatly. I don't. I don't think we're all going to have to step well, up and where, give one dollar. I have a funny feeling that 
the fact that people are finding out that he's having to hire a lawyer, yeah. if this is costing any money, somebody will make a GoFundMe account, and this guy is going to walk away not with the right. money, only That's the money for his defense. Generally, we're GoFundMe, but also make money. Um, yeah, a lot of your GoFundMe, to that. a lot of your GoFundMe pages. Of course, there are always people who, you know, have uh, just have something they want to do or an invention or something. But a lot of them are people who have to go to court, and people who think they're having to go to court unfairly are going to contribute a lot of dough. Yeah. That happens a lot. Chris in Boise, uh, good morning. You're on New South KBY. Good morning. Uh, in regards to Micron and the uh, potential chip plant, um, <clears throat> there are five states in the United States who have very enticing offers for companies such as Micron to move there and set up business. And I haven't heard anything about Idaho stepping up and trying to research and match those uh, offers, but I know for a fact that they are uh, pulling, Tennessee is pulling business from Idaho uh, to Tennessee because of the... uh, the business environment. So I hope they step up and give good reason for these companies to come in so we can keep our tax base and um, people employed. You yeah. guys have yeah. a good day. Thank but, you for yeah, the but, call. Appreciate it, Chris. Between, and, and seriously, between if you look at the charts, between Tennessee and Idaho, Tennessee is, uh, in terms of business, much more uh, uninhibited. There, Micron is getting already tax breaks and breaks from the Idaho legislature in addition to um, what's what's going on if this chip bill passage does happen. We'll tell you about that when we come back. We need to take a break. Phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can email chris at kboi.com or mike at kboi.com. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. This young man, Greenwood's Good Samaritan, acted within seconds, stopping the shooter and saving countless lives. Many more people would have died last night if not for a responsible armed citizen that took action very quickly within the first two minutes of this shooting. His actions were nothing short of heroic. He engaged the gunman from quite a distance with a handgun, and as he moved to close in on the suspect, he was also motioning for people to exit behind him. To our knowledge, he has no police training and no military background. That, uh, by the way, was the mayor and police chief of Greenwood, Indiana, where the uh, mall shooting had uh, taken place. Another news outlet not giving the name of the uh, person who stopped the uh, shooting once again. Elijah Dickin. Poor old Elijah. I, 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 I didn't even notice it, like I said, until yesterday. And I apologize to everybody because I didn't say his name, and I should yeah. have, and didn't notice it until yesterday. That it, it, And once it was brought to my attention, I started noticing it everywhere. It's like, wow, nobody is giving this guy's name. Almost nobody is giving his name. 
as I was, you know, watching through and looking at the news stories yesterday afternoon after that was brought to my attention, and I'm like, that's just crazy. Well, again, it, it could be a completely harrowing experience for him. And, uh, you know, he may have wanted some privacy, but uh, his name is out there now, so that's why we're giving it. But we don't, we don't know that he wanted privacy. Nobody told yeah. us that. We just, uh, you know, I, I guess either weren't mentioning because we, we A, didn't know it, or B, we're just using some kind of restraint or politeness, I suppose. Jeff and... Because you don't know how the shooter ends up feeling about it. No, again. no. Jeff and Mountain Home, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hi. Um, I just wanted to let everybody know that uh, while Micron's talking about this CHIP program, uh, they're offshoring jobs from Boise overseas right now as we speak. And they, have, they have been for quite, a fi- for quite a long time. Exactly. Exactly. That needs to be addressed. Why are they offshoring jobs right now but saying that they need more money to open up someplace here? And then what are they going to do? They're going to offshore jobs again. So, that's well, and that's, a, that, that's why we, part of this we talked about. And, and, I mean, they have manufacturing plants across the world. I mean, Boise isn't the only manufacturing plant in the world. It's not even the only one in the United States. So they have different manufacturing plants. Exactly plants across the world so you can't sell them you know hey we'll give you this money but you have to close down all your other manufacturing plants i mean that's that's just absolutely not going to happen however they have but you shouldn't have a manufacturing plant in the u.s that's run from another country no and i i get that but if they want to expand and they said they do want to expand and according to boise dev um they reported that the company has targeted they've done an investigation has targeted its site in southeast boise for expansion the Auto Department of Commerce said that the project would be valued at more than $1.8 billion, and that's what could be happening here in, in Boise. If that is indeed the case, and once again, Micron has said, we're not going to make, I'm not going to be able to make that expansion here in Boise without the bill being passed this week to give subsidies for chip manufacturers. Now, we, and this is the part we talked about a little bit earlier this morning, because I completely agree with you that if you get that money, you cannot use that money then to open up another plant outside the United States. It has you, we, you have to be able to show that that money, your subsidies that you're getting for that, specifically go here to your plant somewhere in the United States, hopefully here in Boise, because the Idaho legislature, who tied in the uh, CHIP bill to tax breaks, now they only get those tax breaks if they do the expansion here in Boise, Idaho. They don't get the tax breaks if they do an expansion, say, in Tennessee or someplace else, Utah. Uh, I think Lemhi, Utah, they have another manufacturing plant. So it specifically has to be that used. One was just sold, actually. Was it? So yeah. um, they can't use it anyplace else but in Boise because they are Idaho-based uh, tax uh, help. So um, according to... The reporting and research that is done by Boise Dev, the expansion would happen somewhere in southeast Boise if the, if it does pass. But I, I agree with you. It's not that the bill is not just for Micron. Now, granted, here in Idaho, it's probably just for Micron, but it's not just for the chip manufacturer Micron. It's for any chip manufacturer who decides to expand here in the United States. And I, I agree with you. It would have to. That money would have to stay here for that expansion in the United States and not be used out of the country. Exactly. Thank That's you for the call. Point.
Yeah, thank you for the call, thank Jeff. You. Appreciate it. 208 336 pound 670, Andy Verizon Wireless News coming up here next. We'll get back to your phone calls and emails. Uh, if you want to email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Phone lines are open. You can also text the same as our main number, 208 336 Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Hey, a reminder, um, if you're not one of those uh, people who can inside uh, trade like Nancy Pelosi's husband, your only way to become rich may be by playing lottery. Mega Millions jackpot, just this reminder, is going to be over half a billion dollars tonight. $530 million is what it is expected to be. Eight, eighth largest jackpot in history. Mm, that's a nice one. Mm-hmm. Odds of winning the jackpot, too. You have really good odds. Only one in 300 million. Okay. So I'm saying there's a chance. <laughs> uh, the uh, lottery's top prize has steadily grown since someone last won the jackpot back in mid-April. So the, if somebody wins tonight, it'll be the first time since mid-April that anybody has has won. So just just know what, what, that what, we're what, giving you a reminder to get out there and, and get your tickets before the drawing tonight. What did you say it was projected to be, what, 540 or 550? Five, 530, which usually okay. means as, as you get to this level, it, it should be around 530, but so many more people start to buy tickets. They have delusions of being a mega, mega millionaire, and they'll go buy more tickets or people who live on the border of states who don't allow lottery tickets, like in the, Utah, they'll come the, to Idaho and the, buy more tickets. The dream is to become a mega millionaire. The delusion is to think that if you buy 100 tickets, you have a much better chance of winning than if you have one ticket. Uh, by the way, uh, don't think that you'll necessarily be walking away with $330 million. First of all, you have to pay taxes. So 530 was yeah. the total. But, uh, see, see uh, to about $230 million gone mm-hmm. right there. Um, on top of that, uh, the lump sum cash option, which most people lump say sum, that you should take, you get half, right? Two hundred seventy-six million. So you'll, if if you, uh, two hundred seventy-six would be the half. Um, that's how much the lump lump sum cash option oh. is. I don't okay. know. If it, I I don't think it's necessarily half what you get. You know, it wouldn't take me any time at all to make a choice between that and the uh, annuity. Simply because either one is going to make me richer than I've ever been in my life, and, and pretty much most people I know too. Well, most of the experts say that you should take the two hundred seventy-six million dollars, and there's specific reasons for that. Number one, the jackpot doesn't get when it gets paid out in the annuity. Mm-hmm. You get most of your money towards the end of that thirty years. It's a thirty-year annuity. Gotcha. Um, you don't get equal so it's not, payments it's every not e- year it's for not thirty equal years. Payments for thirty years. No. Okay. You get most of your payments still at the uh, end of that thirty-year time period instead of the first of the thirty years, uh, and I mean, where do things have happened? There's nothing that says in thirty years that the lottery will be, still be solvent. It probably will, but I mean, if it if it goes bankrupt, you don't get your money. You're, you're right, though. Two hundred and seventy some million is not a bad lump sum. Right now, keep in mind once again that two hundred seventy-six million lump sum, you're you're probably paying uh, one hundred and fifty million in taxes state and local taxes depending on where you live to get, to get it down to 276 right or, uh no the lump sum cash option is just 276 oh and then after that you pay after taxes. that you still have to so pay it's 276 taxes, which is about minus 50%. about 45 to 50 percent mm-hmm. okay yeah so pretty right now 
now you're now you're down under you know d- down to about 150 million. Now it's not even worth playing. That's more like 190, 180. I think it's not. It's not even worth playing anymore. Mm. Sounded so good to begin with. It's a waste of time. By the way, that, there, that always there that was always, that always does seem weird when somebody wins like you know 320 million dollars or the cash options 67 million. And of course, before you make the decision on whether or not to take the lump sum. Or to the uh, make the annuities. Mm. The first things you're also supposed to do: hire yourself a lawyer and a good PR firm, um, and then uh, change your name and your address and move so that none of your good for nothing relatives know where you moved to. None of them know where I live in right now. Anyway, <laughs> well, they don't care right now. If you won three hundred and thirty million dollars, I guarantee your relatives are going to care where you live and mm. be able to find out. I'm just saying it's a possibility. Yeah. Um. This is kind of a cool story, and I know I, I had promised to get to this last week, and uh, each day before I had a chance to get to it, um, you know, the uh, conversation took another turn. Uh, but it is something really worth sharing, because this is a cool story, and, and hopefully in our lifetime, and I'm talking years of mine, Chris, and, you know, God knows how much longer we have left, um, but I'm not. It, it's not like you're, we're 20 years old and saying sometime within the next 70 years yeah, we hope this good, happens. That's a good point. Um, a New York City cancer trial has delivered absolutely unheard of results. Complete remission for everyone. Well, that does sound promising. Now it is promising. Keep in mind, though, this is a very small cancer trial, but it has achieved a results that have never before been seen, and that is the total remission of cancer in all the patients okay. who are taking part. The, the important thing, I think, to take from this is that they're reasonably sure they have cured someone's cancer? Um, Twelve people's cancer. Okay, then. The trial, led by doctors at Memorial Sloan Kettering, which is a very, very highly respected um Cancer Research Center and backed by drug maker GlaxoSmithKline have only completed treatment of 12 patients. So when I say it's a small trial, it's a very small trial, and they all had a specific cancer that the it was used on um, yeah. in early stages of this cancer. But the results reported in the New England Journal of Medicine and the New York Times were still striking enough to prompt multiple physicians to tell the paper that they believed this to be unprecedented. One cancer specialist told the Times that it, it was an absolutely amazing and unheard of result. All 12 patients had rectal cancer that had not spread beyond the local area, and their tumors all exhibited a mutation affecting the ability of cells to repair damage to DNA. After being treated with the drug called Dostar-Lamar, all 12 are now in complete remission with no surgery or chemotherapy. They had no side effects, no trace of cancer whatsoever anywhere in their body. Doctors, See, that sounds like progress to me. Yeah, that, that's an amazing progress. The fact, I, granted, I get it. It's, it's a small 12-patient survey. But the fact that every single one of them was completely cured of any tumors that were found before, and the fact that not one of them had to go with surgery or chemotherapy, which both have just horrible side effects. Um, there was uh, no surgery and now there's no cancer whatsoever any place in their body it is pretty amazing. Let's hope it's the first step because yeah. of how many people. I mean, I, I think you can basically say that every single person's 
who's listening here today has been affected in some way, shape, or form with cancer. Either they've had it, Very a loved likely, one yeah. has had it, you know. Um, so it would be amazing if this is indeed, um, you know, maybe one of the first steps. Uh, the next, uh, of course, step is is to try the trial on many more people. Mm-hmm. But yes, that does seem promising. Anything that, you know, suppose, I mean, you cure even one person's cancer and, and well, you've cured cancer, haven't you? For that one person? Yeah. 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 And to do it, you know, and granted, I know there are people that have been cured of cancer, you know, through chemotherapy, um, radiation treatments. Uh, however, in some cases, you know, the, the treatment can be worse than, mm-hmm. than the cure. Um, just because of the horrific side effects, I've got I've got a friend who has been fighting um, cancer for the last oh, I want to say four years, four years, and he was told at the time when they found it that he probably only had a couple of years to live. Not much of a chance. Huh? No, and he's been he's been fighting. It's been he'll sit there and he'll get good news, and he posts on on facebook so it's 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 a guy I worked with many years ago when we first started our careers in radio and um he will get good news and he'll think things are going wrong great and of course, when you have cancer, you got to go back every you know three months, six months for checkups to make sure that yeah. you know nothing strange is happening and he'll sit there and he'll he'll go six months and he goes everything is great and he'll go for a checkup and it's like, all right, they found a suspicious spot on my uh on my scan uh, i've got to go back in it goes back in and he has to go through it all again where he's either got to get chemo or they have to uh do another surgery and i know in in reading some of his posts and in talking to him that uh he he's just devastated and and wants to give up and he is like i can't go through this again you know and i and i Totally get that, but here he is, still alive after you know four years. When he was told he only had a four percent chance of of being alive in two years, yeah. So you know, finding it, I, I get it. You get your hopes up, and things are going great, and then and then you get that, and so many people affected by it. So let's hope. Keep your fingers crossed. This may be the first step to where someday you and I can still be on the radio and say they've cured cancer. Yeah, I I do look forward to that. COVID cases, uh, unfortunately, sur- surging once again. Here we go again. Uh, I bring this up because uh, San Diego has announced this week that San Diego schools, all San Diego schools will be required to mask up again this upcoming fall. This is the big fear. As you come into fall, we're, we're going through summer. As people come back to school, head back to school, you're going to start to see masks. We have uh, a large increase here in Idaho and across the nation in COVID cases with the new variant. Um, what is it, BA5? Lost. I've lost. There it. are, um, you go into any store and occasionally you'll find somebody who is just a completely hardcore mask wearer. And they they still exist out there, and there are still you know we have them in this building. Of them. Well, yeah. yeah, we do. Um, Los Angeles officials uh, enter CDC's high COVID community level and say that mask mandate countdown has begun. So it looks like L.A. County will be requiring masks. If you are headed to Comic Con in San Diego this week, goes on later this week. This is a huge convention for comic lovers, superhero lovers. You'll be required. See there. Well, just pop culture in general. Our our, our our production our producer is like raising his hand. Yeah, 
um, you will be required to wear a mask, everybody. So you may already have your Batman mask on, but you're going to have to wear a mask over your Batman mask. You'll also be required to show um, all of your shots are up to date, or you'll have to show that you have a negative test within 72 hours of Comic-Con. I do still have an option of not going to the thing at all, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, excellent. you do. Um, just, just wanted to make sure. Just to give you an idea, um, if you don't think the cases are, are increasing across the United States, seven-day average uh, last week here in the United States, 128,601 people. A year ago, 31,807. That's four times as many then. Mm-hmm. And remember, we were in the height of the pandemic back then. Uh, deaths, though, this is, the, this is the good news that we told you about. Um, even though there's 128,000 people with confirmed cases of COVID, 423 people died. That's a seven-day average last week compared to a year ago, 273,000 died. Now, I know that's a larger number, but you're comparing 128,000 people with COVID. So a smaller percentage. Smaller people. percentage. Okay. Yeah, smaller percentage. Um, so there is a, a little bit of good news, even though it sounds like uh, people are saying that it is more uh, easier it's easier to get than than the previous variants but it's seeming like it's less deadly or you get less sick from it 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your verizon wireless we'll take a break one more segment on the way listen to kboi online go to kboi.com and click the listen live button now back to mike casper and chris walton this is casper and chris live and local on news talk kboi by the way what's your blood type chris Oh, negative. Oh. Um, so this uh, might not make a lot of sense, um, other than uh, it turns out your risk may be significantly lowered for COVID-19, depending on the type of blood you have, according to research. Interestingly, uh, DNA testing company 23andMe further bolstered this theory when it was able to link customers and COVID infections among 750,000 people, that's a lot of people that they tested this on, who were diagnosed and hospitalized with COVID-19, those with type O blood types were apparently better protected than any other blood type. Hmm. And I heard, I heard this story, and benefit. I'm like, because I'm trying to figure out, either, either A, my wife and I have had COVID, we're not, had no symptoms, so we, we never got tested mm-hmm. because we had no symptoms, or which which I'm, I'm guessing is probably closer to correct, or we have not had COVID the entire time, which would be really strange, especially tr- since my tr- wife travels so much. And we both have been around people with COVID, but so far in any testing we've ever done, either home tests or doctor's tests, um, not, neither of us has, have tested positive. And, and when I saw this, I'm like, hmm, I'm typo. Maybe that's why I haven't got it but now you're typo too but you got it but you've only got it once right what's that oh yeah covid COVID, yeah just once yeah it lasted a long darn time but i only did have it once technically study Uh, i I was bummed when i found out that my blood type was o negative because i at the time i thought it was o positive and so i'd say hey mike ask me my blood type you'd say what's your blood type and i'd say o positive and you'd say are you sure about that i go o positive (laughs) but you know it was just set up for a stupid joke uh study published in the new england journal of medicine confirmed the idea found that those with blood type a so if you're listening and you have blood type a you have a 45 percent increased risk of being infected with covid than those with other blood types so a is the worst o is the best 
Again, the findings concluded that blood type O was 35% less likely to be infective. So if you're looking between type O and type A, uh, you're, you're talking a 70% difference wow. in, in being infected. More testing will be done, but uh, researchers and scientists now confirming your blood type can have a significant impact on the likelihood of catching COVID. Not that you can do anything about it. If you have type A, you can't go, hey, can you give me a blood transfusion there? I would just like to be type O so I don't get this here, this here COVID thing. You know, oddly enough, that doesn't seem to work. No. So not a whole lot you can do with it. But like I said, when I saw this study, I'm like, hmm, maybe that. my wife and I are both you know, type O, so, and neither one of us so far confirmed to have COVID. I've never considered you a type A. <laughs> and with that, that's the end of the show today. Pa-dump, bump. Uh, Dow up 512 points, continuing a resurgence. We'll see if it holds true. Talk to you again tomorrow morning. We are on a uh, 20-hour break, and we will be back again tomorrow morning. I uh, hope you get out and enjoy the heat today.